it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. Happy New Year, happy 2021. We are back. Uh, I'm your host, Sam the SOB. Alongside me today, as always, is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Scott. Scott, how have you been? It's been like a month since we've just talked wrestling. Oh, it's, it's, it's great to be back. Now, it, it was nice to unplug for a little bit. Still was able to watch the product, still tweeted everything, but put the podcast aside for a little bit, spent some time with the family. Now I'm back quarantining to, you know, make the overlords happy. And now I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be returning back to work on Monday, but we are here podcasting it up. And I am so, so happy to be back. We have a lot to talk about. There's a lot that has happened. Um, this week alone, I mean, beginning of the week, I was, and I got laughed out of group chat being called a nerd because I took two days off to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan has come and gone. I watched it. I talked about it. Check out my podcast. It's my standalone podcast, about 20 minutes long. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. If you're not familiar with New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, very, very important. Uh, very great promotion. Quality in that promotion is, like, important. Um, and it's worth worth checking out if you don't already do so. There was some news behind that where I think I mentioned, just to kind of backtrack, Jay White, rumored to have said he was done with wrestling after... After the event, uh, New Year's Dash was going to be his last event. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been no news on, on that since. Yeah. So I've been looking. I'm kind of curious. I don't know if it's a storyline. I don't see him going to WWE. I don't think he'd go to AEW. Maybe he goes to Impact. I don't know. There's 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 a lot going on right now. It's a lot of wrestling things going on right now. Uh, well, I mean, you 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 know, you speak of Impact, it kind of makes you think: Is Impact even Impact anymore? I don't know. It's it is the it is the brand of the less fortunate. According to Tony Khan, <laughs> that promo sent me <laughs> so far. I was laughing for a good five minutes. Like I just didn't expect him to say that, and then when he did, I was just like, "This is incredible." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, what a phenomenal, 
phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal promo. Just just before we go into Impact here, um, we do want to mention we were off the air at the time. Um, unfortunately, there was, and we're not we're not going to dwell on it because everyone else has done it for us. Uh, we want to notice, and we'll probably dedicate this episode to the one Mr. John Huber, other known as Brody Lee, who passed away on December 26th from non-COVID-related lung complications. Um, very upsetting. Um, I, I, I think we were all shocked. I think, and I think, um, my buddy John Hollis said it best. I didn't, I didn't realize how important Brody Lee was until this happened. Cause he was, you know, he was somebody who was, you know, not given a good push in WWE. And then he comes to AEW during the pandemic. And there is no, there has not been a single bad thing to say about this man. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it, it definitely helped soften the blow to read all of those stories that other wrestlers were able to, to come out and, and talk about. And it was just, it was heartwarming in a sense, but also tragic on the same side because it's like, I feel like, I mean, ever since my personal opinion of him, whenever, when I first saw him in NXT, I never watched any of his indie stuff. I really wasn't into indie wrestling for, you know, the majority of my life because I was, you know, I guess you called me wrestling sheltered. I just watched the big promotions and that's all I really thought was out there. Um, but so I didn't know his stuff. But the moment I saw him be introduced by Bray Wyatt in NXT, I was just like, "Oh, this guy's got star power written all over him." And it just never came to be in WWE. And I was always very frustrated with them for not giving him the opportunity that I think he deserved. I know he had a short. Um, singles run as IC champ, and I thought he did a great job. He had oh, amazing WrestleMania matches, and then he disappeared. Sat at home, and they let him go, and I, I will definitely say when he showed up in AEW, I was not really expecting him to be the exalted one. Everybody, I'm pretty sure, thought it was going to be Matt Hardy. Or Marty Skrull. Or Marty Skrull. That's true, too. I thought all about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Um, but then when it was, when it was you know, debuted as, as Brody being the exalted one, I was just like, here we go. I said, all right, this is his time. He's going to blow everybody out of the water, and this is going to be what I was hoping for for all these years. And sure enough, when he first started getting going, that was exactly what it was. He, he was leading by example, and... It was some great stuff. He had some epic matches. And then I remember we even talked about it on, on our podcast last year. I was kept asking, where did Brody Lee go? Like, is he injured? Like, what's going on? Come to find out he was sick at home. And, you know, I guess everybody in AEW said they wouldn't talk about it. And they didn't. And then his untimely passing just... Whew. Yeah, it, it just it, it it hit hard. Like, yeah. I'm obviously I know everybody knows how hard it hit them, but it was just like holy shit. I, I uh, 
if if nobody's seen the last two episodes of Being the Elite, if you don't already watch the Bucks uh, show, I would watch the last two episodes. Mm. So the last, the second to last episode, it was the tribute. You know, Rip, Rip Brody Lee. You know, they had a lot of his funny moments. You know, just him hitting everyone with the papers because that was a big thing. I guess I've, <laughs> I've been out of the Being the Elite uh, loop for a while. And then the last episode was just a tribute to him, an actual tribute. And there was a speech made by Eddie Kingston where you want to cry. This is going to make you cry. Eddie Kingston, he's a he's a locker room leader. Mm. Eddie Kingston, I don't think – that he has passion. Eddie Kingston has passion for the business like I think not many people do. Yeah, I agree. So, Scott, I don't know if you've watched that yet. Not the newest one. Um, I I did see that it popped out, and I'm like, oh, I need to go watch that. And then I, my brain off it goes, and I completely forgot about it. So I will be doing that actually after we record this. <laughs> Word, yeah. This one, it's it's gonna be it'll be a tough one for you. Sorry to do that to you, but um, oh. man, that it's a it's a tough one. Not too much uh, we can talk about since everyone else here has already talked about it. We've already experienced it. You know, he was always going to be, you know, we're always going to remember him. AEW obviously retired the belt. Um, his that The dynam- the TNT title that he carried for a while. Um, mm-hmm. We will talk about that a little later. So, talking about things that leave an impact, though, Scott. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about impact this week. It was nice to have it back. Um, I was all excited to watch the last, you know, two weeks going, oh, I'm going to be, you know, on vacation. I got time to watch it. And it ended up being like the best of 2020 show. And I'm just like, oh, I've already watched most of this. So I'm like, okay, never mind. But yeah, this this past Tuesday, they were back with a vengeance. And uh, it's nice to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, crazy crazy just a great show um and like scott said is impact even impact anymore um first and foremost uh we open up with a fatal four-way between uh casey navarro crazy steve blake christian and ace austin this was to uh it's just a preview of uh saturday's genesis event on the impact plus uh streaming app um that whole app, that whole event that's happening this weekend um it's pretty much the whole Super X Cup. There's a match um, which was announced. Uh, Jordan Grace taking on Jazz. And then Willie Mack taking on Moose in the I Quit match. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, kicking off the match, Crazy Steve ended up defeating um, all three by pinning Navarro. Um, I might I might skip some... Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to skip. Uh, I'm not trying to skip details, but there was a I'm trying to remember where in the show that you know we had the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan go and attack or try to go and attack. Yeah, that was like halfway through the show. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they go out to the bus uh, and then they get jumped by Kenny and, and the Good Brothers, and they uh, they got left laying. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, I'm uh, uh, I, I'm on the fence about hard to kill, but 
the more I watch Impact, the more I am leaning towards actually getting it. So, and I know I still got a couple, I think, what, a couple weeks, a week and a half. Yeah, a week and a half to decide. So, we shall see. So, following that, we had Rhino and Cousin Jake take on Eric Young in what was supposed to be Joe Doring. Instead, it was, um, you know, Cody Diener, who, new haircut, looks like a skinhead. Um, Eric Young has gotten into his, into his head. I like the little faction that Eric Young is starting to build. Um, you know how I am. If it's not a tournament, I like faction wars. So <laughs> we continue to grow. And, of course, the whole thing with the Deaners, like the last time I was really, really, really watching um, Impact was – Exactly. And, like, the Deaners were, like, probably the one of the best parts of the whole show. And now to see them fighting one another, and it's just like – there's a family dynamic involved now with Eric Young, the clear manipulation and Joe Doring that gives me Stan Hansen flashbacks like you do not like I, I can't believe how how ridiculous the the flashback gives me to it, it's like oh my god <clears throat> so I'm really interested to see where this goes and how far Eric Young is going to take this group that he's building how far they're going to go but it's very interesting, and it's another reason for me to continue watching Impact. Dude, Impact is just... I, mean, I, know, I know we discussed this. Um, fuck, man. Impact is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, after Slimeversary happened, and me getting back on board, watching it again, and then telling you about it, and then when I had to stop watching it, you jumped on board, and it hooked you that first night, and I was just like, yes, all right, we're still going to talk about this. This is good stuff. <laughs> it is good shit. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Imp- I love watching Impact every week. But um, Cody Diener, um, Joe Doran defeated uh, Jake and Rhino. But at the end, there was a there was a beatdown. There was a some complications, and then of course, good old Tommy Dreamer. Man, it's crazy to see Tommy Dreamer in ECW, and then t- see him now. It's crazy how much of a stronghold he is, and how much of a just a. But he comes out, and pretty much for Hard to Kill, there's going to be a six man tag match. Eric Young, uh, Cody Deaner, and Joe Doran taking on Cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer in an old school rules match. Mm. Old school rules, my friend. Falls gone anywhere too. So this is going to be everywhere. And I, 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 yeah, that's that's going to be fun. Um, up next, we had uh, Dina Perazzo come out and taunt Taya Valkyrie. Um, I think we're getting ready for. You know, this is another hard to kill match, dude. We're gonna have. We're gonna we, next it's next gonna- week, man. It's going to be a loaded card. I, I'm excited for it. Um, I, I particularly enjoyed the shot at um, <laughs> John Morrison in in, in uh, Diana's uh, little uh, little speech to Taya. I, <laughs> um, I always like it when companies reference other companies vaguely. 
So for me, that was that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing. But yeah, those two are going to lock horns. I think they said for the first time ever, like ever, ever, like they've never wrestled one another in any promotion anywhere. So that that will be fun to watch. Okay. Very very intriguing matchup. Um, and honestly, I don't know who I'd pick to win this because both of them have their associates with them. We'll call them lackeys because if I ever call Rosemary a lackey, I'm pretty sure she'd kill me. Um, and she not she don't even know me, but I'm sure she'll find me and kill me. And Kimberly, same thing. It's just like either one of them can help the rest either wrestler so it's this one literally could be down the line 50 50 for me well i can't wait till we do our go home show and then we have to figure out scott who are you picking <laughs> damn it uh following that like we said we had the one of the last matches before the uh before the finals to de- well determine the finals of the knockout stack team tor- tournament jordan grace and jazz took on havoc and nevaeh Nevaeh and Havoc end up getting the win here, but Jordan and uh, Jordan and Jazz—they're not done with each other. They were—they were both kind of like, well, you know, you know, you were—you look like you still have some something going on. You know, this is Jordan. He's like, you—you you still look like you have it. Why don't we uh, you and I scrap? So a little friendly, uh, friendly uh, bout between the two, huh? Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. I mean, I and uh, that's what Saturday. That's this this week. So yeah, no, that'll that's, be that's. Wait a minute. Was it? Yeah, that is Saturday. Yep. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, like, did I did I just hear that? Um, but no, I mean, honestly though, like looking like this is the first time I've seen Jazz wrestle since her WWE days, and yeah, she still looks like she could hack people down. Those those punches and chops that Madison Reed was talking about. I'm just like, yeah, I feel them too. Okay. <laughs> So it's nice to see that she's aged well, and I guess uh, this is uh, her the beginning of her retirement tour. I guess uh, so. Yeah, a match with her and Jordine should be uh, should be real good. Oh, it it will be crazy, crazy month of January. I know we're hopping all over the place, but geez, I mean, we had Wrestle Kingdom, we have Hard to Kill. Um, I don't know if Ring of Honor has anything, but of course, Scott. The end of the month. End of the month. The road to Mania begins. God, it's, it still feels like March of 2020. <laughs> it is the longest March of all time. It really so, is. You know, that being said, um, we did uh, have Kenny and uh, the Good Brothers. Uh, yeah, Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns came out, and they were going to try to uh, make a statement, and they were ambushed. Yep. Statement was made, but unfortunately at their expense. Which so. is, I think, uh, there is no argument here. This is the probably the most anticipated match of Hard to Kill. Yeah. Um, especially since I don't think tell you right now. I think this is the beginning. I don't think this is a this is going to be a quick one and done thing. I think there's some uh, Some other business to be done. I almost feel like with Don Callis, with uh, with, and I don't know what the deal is, but you know, Don Callis and Kenny, like, I've learned so much since he became uh, champion. Didn't realize, you know, that was like he was trained by Kenny's uncle and this and that. Da, 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 da. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this continues as long as Kenny is champion. I, I, I have my thoughts. I have my thoughts on this whole thing. So. Oh, please do tell the class, Scott. <laughs> Raise my hand first. All right. So, <clears throat> hear me out. Don't know if it's actually true, but this is just how I've seen this whole thing kind of building. And they talk about um, AEW wanting a second show. And how else do you have a second show? Yeah, I mean, I know they have Dark and everything on, on YouTube, but when they have like 14 matches a night, you really can't put that on television. So why not start a little evasion of some sort? Oh, oh wait, that's already happened? Oh, so then you work with a, you know, a high-level person in the company. Oh, oh, wait, that's, that's happened as well. Oh, and, and then there's, you know, the little thing called, you know, hostile takeover. Oh, wait, you mean that's kind of currently happening? Oh, oh, okay. Um, maybe then the next step is to buy Impact Wrestling from its current owner. And take the talent, and voila, second show. Do you think? Let's 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 play with this idea, Scott. A little hypothetical. Let's play with the hypotheticals. <laughs> if this, if that's true, do you think they almost keep the brand separate, like it is now? Kind of like yeah. it's, oh yeah, it's AEW Dynamite and it's Impact Wrestling, or do you think they call start calling it AEW Impact? They could. I mean, honestly, TNA Impact's gone through so many name changes lately. You can keep an Impact, but slap AEW on top of it, kind of like what NWO did when they took over WCW. It was okay. WCW, NWO, Nitro back in the day. So it's possible. Do I absolutely see this happening? No. Do I wish this would happen? In the sense, yes, because this would immediately bolster AEW's roster. There's also some things on AEW's side that I can kind of see fitting in, like Sean Spears to be one example of him disappearing centrally from AEW's roster. Don't know if he shows up on Impact. If he I does, then then I think that gives what I'm saying right now more credibility. I think, well, first and foremost, remember, Kenny won the belt, which is a very plausible thing. We weren't sure if he was actually going to win it. Right. The fact that Don Callis, which is probably, and like I said, that was the night that Sting showed up in AEW, something that yeah. was really plausible because, as I've told people before, Sting was not a WWE guy. I don't care nope. what anyone says. He's never a WWE guy. But the announcement that Kenny was going to be on Impact shook. Yep. Like, I still, I, I think about what had happened at that moment. They weren't going for a, it, it didn't feel like it was a one-off thing. Right. 
yeah, definitely the way they, they portrayed it. It was great. It brought in over 50,000 viewers to Twitch, which was their, by far and away, their biggest numbers ever. It even brought numbers up on the on, on Access Television, which basically almost nobody has. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. obviously, Kenny is a draw, whether people like to admit it or not. So, and this is big interest when a heavyweight champion of another company comes over to your show, it's going to start creating some stuff. So, side note, I don't know if you knew this, but I saw an article a while ago saying that before AEW came into fruition, Chris Jericho and Kenny were rumored to go to Impact. I did not know this. Yeah, I don't know how accurate it is, but I did see something where they were both looking. Because Jericho, by that point, you know, we know the story. He told Vince, hey, Vince, I'm going to go do the match in Japan. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of, like, throws him to the wayside. He's like, Vince, you want me to do anything? And, you know, Vince just like, yeah, I'll figure something out. Which had never happened. Right. You know, so... You know, it was plausible. And him and Kenny, I think... You know, Chris Jericho obviously saw the potential. He knew what Kenny was capable of. And he's always invented himself. There's something about Chris Jericho when you look back at him. He's always been at the forefront of the reinvent, you know, reinvention. I mean, right. he was one of the... Um, I could be wrong, but I know he was... He came over to WWF just, you know, obviously in the in 99, I think. 99. Yeah. And that was around the same time that Malenko, Saturn, Guerrero, and Benoit came over. I'm not sure if they came over first. No, Jericho was first. Um, Malenko, well, the Radicals, they came over, I think it was a, a year or two later. Jericho was there for, he was already established by that time. Yeah, so think about that. Like, he's just always been in the forefront of, like, change. Right. You know, so... Man, well, I just... I we get, I, I think this is, again, just kind of, kind of summarizing it. Jesus, like, this is like a call I have with a client. Oh, just to summarize what we just talked about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just in case you don't understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't think this is a one-off thing. No, I don't either. I, I think this is a long-term thing. How long term? I don't know, but I I am hopeful that this can possibly turn into a company changing, you know, process. Yeah, agreed. You know, and I know Tony Khan every week he's like, oh yeah, some of you guys can come over if you want. You know, I don't know, maybe maybe some people would find it interesting to go from Impact to AEW. I don't know, it's an but, idea. But- might be a good idea. A, gr- a good idea. Yes, Scott. A good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you beat me to it. <laughs> so as much as you and I, we could probably have a podcast just talking about what we're thinking. Um, up next, there was a three-minute challenge. Moose taking on Matt Palmer. I'm not familiar with Matt. Um, I don't know if he was just like a jobber for the night. But I was totally going into this thinking he's going to win. 
And then all of a sudden, well, Matt comes out, distracts him, and Matthew Palmer beat Moose. He survived the three-minute challenge. Three-minute challenge, he did. If I remember correctly, Matthew Palmer, I believe, is Ember Moon's husband. Um, Interesting. He's, he's a legit um, professional wrestler. Um, but yeah, he, he, I loved his promo that he had before this too, before the match. Talk about how, you know, he drove 10 hours and he didn't want to do it just to be, you know, um, a, a security guard. He wanted to be a professional wrestler. And somebody on the Twitch chat was just like, wow, they're actually doing a legit storyline about a security guard who wants to become a professional wrestler. And I, and I kind of chuckled at that going, Holy shit, that actually makes sense because we all know, like, the big federations, so they have the local indie talent come and be the quote-unquote security guards. So this is – I like how they kind of turn this around and go, no, no, no. I'm a wrestler. I I was a security guard, you know, for the extra cash, but I'm a professional wrestler. I want to wrestle. So I, I like what Impact did here. And now that he quote-unquote beat Moose because he survived in three minutes – He'll get he'll get some more time in the sh- you know some more fifty some more minutes of fame so yeah hopefully this is the beginning of something for him yeah I, yeah I did look that up you're right yeah that is her her husband um so finally we had a main event this is just a few that's been brewing for a while Eddie Edwards taking on Sammy Callahan this feud has gone on for years and I'm I'm still here for it. <laughs> It's really a bl- it's really blood curdling. Like it really <laughs> is just the amount of things these two have done to one another is just out out of control. Oh man! It, it just it was nuts. I mean, it ended in a no contest because they kept. I think they took out the they kept taking the ref out. Yeah, yeah, they kept fighting. Well, I mean, the first like twenty minutes of the quote unquote match was outside of the ring before the match even started. And then I think once the match actually started, it was over in five minutes because both of them kept throwing the ref around. <laughs> so this clearly yeah. is not over. No, and actually we're getting a – oh, yeah, they made the announcement of the barbed wire massacre at um, Hard to Kill yep. between these two. <sighs> so, yeah, we'll get yet another another rendition of these two beat the ever-living shit out of one another. And you know what? That's okay. And to kind of backtrack a little bit from this main event, can we please, please talk about Mr. Page? Oh, my God. I was just thinking about that. Sorry. <laughs> I take my statement back about the most anticipated match at Hard to Kill. <laughs> Ethan Page has become low-key one of my favorite wrestlers in the business. Not just because of his in-ring style, but because of his mic work and his creativity. It's and the so fact cool. that the man, Ethan Page, the ego, has to fight the ego itself. Karate man. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally forgot about that until you oh. mentioned it. I, it might be it, the best part of that night. The, the, <laughs> the promo of him talking to himself on the, on the therapist's couch. Oh my god. It's just I I'm completely intrigued on how they're gonna pull this off. I I'm assuming it's gonna be something cinematic. 
but it's I don't know how they're gonna do this, but I can't wait for it. And like you said, uh, most anticipated match probably of uh, of Hard to Kill. It's it's just out. It, oh my god, it was just fantastic to see. Right, I think we're uh... man. Oh, I'm I'm excited for this one. But Genesis is this weekend. Scott, I'm going to send something to you quickly. I want you to look at that. Genesis, like I said, is going to have hold mostly the Super X Cup tournament. Scott, looking at everyone in those matches, I want you to tell me who you think is going to win the Super X Cup tournament. Oh, God. And I think I have one because I just have this feeling. I have a feeling, and I could be wrong because I'm usually wrong with these kind of things. <laughs> Unless it's something I don't watch. All right. I love that Devari's wrestling. That's awesome. Let's see. Ooh, this is this might be tough. Um. Well, let's see. Crazy Steve got the win on last week's Impact. I don't really know who Trey Lamar is. Let's see. I can see Davari getting by Cousin Jake. I can see Ace Austin getting by Suicide. And I think Casey even Navarro will be Blake. Do you want my thoughts before you... Uh... Yes, go ahead. Okay, so looking at this and seeing the star power that this person has, um, I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's growing. Um... And he's the only person I can look at, really, that has somebody in his corner. Um, I could see Ace Austin winning the whole thing. Yeah, that was kind of where I was going to as well. I was trying to see who he would be against, and it would probably be Crazy Steve. Um, but remember, he's – I don't know who's Suicide. I don't know who Davari, Cousin Jake, Trey Lamar, Blake Christian, Casey Navarro have in their corners. But Ace Austin has Madman Fulton. Right, yeah, and with Fulton there – there's going to be shenanigans, which unfortunately Ace Austin doesn't really need because he's he's great on his own. So, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think Ace Austin will will definitely win this. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, I might I might try to catch what I can, um, depending on how my weekend looks. Right. But next week, Scott, it's gonna be fun. It's a go home show for Hard to Kill. Ugh. Impact <laughs> is is fire right now. It's good stuff. And to see, we're going to see Kenny Omega on his first Impact match. Don't forget that, guys. That's right. Do not forget that. So, Scott, we're going to hop over to our favorite day of the week. It is Wednesday. The wars are here. Why don't you kick it off with uh, a really, really solid episode of NXT Year's Evil. Yes. You know, I, I dare say this is the best NXT of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hard to beat right now. <laughs> um, no, but no. All joking aside, it was a really good episode. Um, started off with Carrying uh, Cross and Damian Priest in a, a match that had no commercial breaks, which I'm very glad for because as much as I love a good restaurant quality picture-in-picture – 
I, uh, I much rather appreciate seeing the match from beginning to end with no commercial breaks, especially when there's three in a match. But I digress. <laughs> um, both these gentlemen look absolutely outstanding in this match. Um, Cross getting the victory, but Priest looked like a million dollars in this match. And I loved to see it. So I'm assuming this is the beginning of, you know, Cross's uh, ascension back to the title. Um, and for Priest, from what I've been hearing, that might have been his last match in NXT. Oh, no. <laughs> right? That was my first thought, too. When I read that, I was like, oh, no. So, yeah. We may be seeing Priest on Raw or SmackDown in the near future. So, you know, we'll leave that as it is. Uh, next matchup was for the NXT Cruiserweight title as Santos Escobar took on Lucha House Party member Grand Metalik. And I'll tell you, these two put on one hell of a Lucha show. Um, obviously, Santos Escobar has probably been the best cruiserweight champion in a long time. And I love Legado de Fantasma. I love the whole the whole dynamic of them. Um, I want to see them continue to grow as well. WWE always seems to have a problem with leaving most of their factions at three. I really feel that they should have a fourth member, and I have an idea of who that could be, but we'll leave that for another time. Um, but the match was outstanding. Escobar able to retain the title. <clears throat> we then, finally, after weeks and weeks of buildup, seeing everything that has happened, we got the return of Zia Lee and Boa. And Zia Lee looked straight up like she was going to murder somebody. And she almost did. <laughs> Uh, she beat up uh, <clears throat> what was it? Katrina Cortez, uh, who we've seen on NXT before. But my God, Zia Lee just looked absolutely brutal, and it was amazing to see. And I need to know who this masked figure figure is. Somebody had mentioned who it could be, and I forgot her last name. So I'm not going to bother revealing who it is because I'll have to look it up again. But the name that I saw, I was very excited about. I just need to remember who know what the last name is. But that's we'll talk about that after after probably next week. Um, we then had which until the main event was my favorite match of the night. Um, the last woman standing match between Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Now, I don't know about you, but this was probably one of my favorite last person standing match that I've seen. Like, these two just <laughs> beat the ever-living shit out of one another. And I thought the finish was great. You know, uh, before that, we had Rhea basically putting Raquel through a glass window, uh, through a door, 
We had Dakota Kai getting herself involved, which I knew was coming a mile away, that she literally gets stuffed into a locker. So, you know, don't bully anybody, kids, but, you know, I'm sure some people got triggered by that. <laughs> um, and then Raquel just slamming both herself and Rhea through the stage, and Raquel able to get back to her feet by the nine count to get the, to get the win was just outstanding. I loved it. So I don't know if I've ever told said this to you, Scott, but if I haven't, I'm going to say it, and I, it, there's no way you will disagree with the statement. I have never, ever felt that there are two women in a division that could equate. And again, this is going to be an extreme statement. Some people are going to think I'm like, oh, you know, you're just over-exaggerating. But I don't think there's ever been two women like this where – their star power as well as their bill like like their bill because they're not they're not dainty women you know you know they're definitely you know they're built you know they they, i don't think there's been women like this that i could compare to like main event in the way like hulk hogan and ultimate warrior could have right like they look like don't want to sound like a dick but they they look like giants like they look like, because that was the thing, you know, back in the day, wrestlers, you know, when you watch them on TV, they look like monsters. They look like giants. They look like superheroes. Yep. These two women, I get that feeling with. I agree. No, hundred percent. No, you don't sound like a jerk at all. It's hundred percent true. I mean, it literally, they are giants compared to most of the women that they wrestle. Um, but they so feel like it too. Like, yeah, they do, and, and it's it's. It just shows, like, for me, like, Rhea's been on that level for so long. And I think only, honestly, Charlotte has been there as well. Um, like, just from, like, the build, and you know, people will be like, oh, what about Sasha and Bailey and Oscar? Yes, they're, they're great. They're fantastic women. But when you – the larger-than-life thing that you're talking about, I only saw it with Rhea and with Charlotte. With the last few months – especially with this feud, Raquel has gone from a muscle to a main eventer in my eyes. Like I'm ready for her to now challenge, you know, whoever wins the feud between Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai for, you know, the NXT Women's Championship. I'm ready for it. And I think if they continue to build Raquel the way she is, I think they're going to be able to pull that off by the end of this year. Also, I think it might be close to pulling the trigger to getting Raquel away from Dakota Kai. Oh, hands down. Um, And I think with doing so, this will turn Raquel face. Because obviously Dakota is going to be the heel in this whole thing. Probably going to get quote-unquote jealous of Raquel's success. And, you know, try to, you know, backstab her or do something and think she can outsmart her. And then Raquel is just going to obliterate her. So, of course, then it could be the opposite way around. Raquel could think she's too big for, you know, her her britches and she thinks she doesn't need Dakota anymore and could try to get rid of Dakota. And Dakota turns into the big face. So either way, I mean, honestly, I think it could be a win-win on both sides. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But... Yeah, I can definitely see Rhea Rip, uh, yeah, obviously Rhea, but Raquel Gonzalez being a major player uh, by the end of this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I can see her having having a title run sometime this year. I agree, hundred percent. Also, big news that came out of the show as well. They talked about the Dusty Tag Cup coming back next week. They also unveiled that they will be having a women's Dusty Tag Cup as well. So I'm like, let's go. NXT has lots of actual tag teams for women. <laughs> so this could be this could be huge. This could tell you know this could move some people forward. Also think this, you know, we talk about um or I, I talked about the Dakota and um Raquel split. This could be where that starts. Kind of like how what happened with Johnny and Tommaso. Yeah, let me let me tell you guys something. If there's anything that Scott likes more than factions, it's tournaments. <laughs> you know how I am, Sam. <laughs> I, had a, I had a play off of what you said earlier. We like I know, it's not tournaments. I know. It's gonna be factions. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not factions breaking up, it's tournaments. <laughs> Speaking of factions, let's talk about um, the one faction that uh, truly is shown the the way for how a faction should run. God, what a segue! <laughs> what a segue. Yes, the way. Oh, God. These four, I don't know whether I want to hug them or slap them, but it's just, they're on that cusp of being so goddamn annoying, but yet so goddamn entertaining at the same time. It's just, oh. the uh, the big reveal of the the gift from the kids with all four of them in superhero getup, and I think it was, um, might have been, I think it was Fantastic Four getup, um, or maybe just uh, Marvel superheroes. But um, so that was great, and then all of a sudden, Shotzi comes out, starts going after um, Candice, and then Kushida comes out and attacks Johnny, and then. Uh, the bell rings, and we're all confused, and then we go to the bellkeeper, and it's Dexter Loomis with, like, a card saying how there's going to be a match next, and then we go to the screen, and then it's the mixed tag match. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't know we needed this, but let's go. <laughs> so we had Kushida in Shotzi Blackheart versus Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Fun match. Also, we had a guest commentary by Dexter Loomis himself. Great on the microphone, let me oh tell you. God. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kushida getting the big pin on Johnny. So looks like uh, Kushida next in line, a challenge for that uh, North American Championship. Yeah, Kushida, man, he's um, he was a big sign. I don't think people yeah. realize how big of a sign he is if you're not familiar with New Japan. Yeah. Um, that man, he's a he's a he's a true true star. He 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 deserves a run with the North American title at least. I agree. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, like his beginning of his career with NXT was a lot. Uh, people kind of mirrored it to what happened with Leo Tommy. Lots of injuries. He was gone for a long time. People almost forgot about him. Except now he seems to be able to stay healthy and they're running with him now. So I'm hoping, like you said, he at least gets a North American title run. 
and we'll see where that goes after that. Can confirm. Then, the main event of all main events. And I say that for NXT because there was another main event that was happening on the other channel that we'll talk about in a little bit. But, dear Lord, Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor 2, more than lived up to the hype. And for me, I think might have actually even been better than the first. Um, these guys, I, I think they broke things again. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't able to see um, any updates when it came to injuries, but it would not surprise me. Um, Finn getting the win and by submission. That really kind of took me off. I did not expect that. Kyler Riley tapping out, and it was just – and you could see, like, after the match ended, Kyle sitting in the corner with the rest of Undisputed Era, and he just had this, like, bewildered look on his face, and it's just – like, what happens now? Like, where do they go from here? But they, the ma- Oh, my God. <laughs> this match – and I said this, you know, everyone was like, cool, Kyle O'Reilly's wrestling the first time. The first match blew everything out of the water. Oh, yeah. This was a, you know, when people talk about wrestling outside of WWE, when people talk about, you know, the greatness of New Japan or what Ring of Honor can deliver, why this talent is as good as it is, this, this is a perfect example of what this talent can truly bring. These two, and it's uncomfortable to watch these two. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, this is almost like, again, I don't want to compare, but, like, this is like watching Foley back in the heyday. (laughs) And I have an article right in front of me, and I'll have to send this to you. The title of the article is, No One Explained Wrestling is Fake to Finn Balor and Kyle (laughs) O'Reilly. It's so true. You know, there was just, it's just, dude, like, this is how you're going to kick off your year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How do you touch it? They always do, Scott. I always say that, and they always beat it. How are you going to beat Balor O'Reilly 2? Balor O'Reilly 3? I don't know. I mean, honestly, when's the next time that'll happen? Because the, if they're both injured again, then they're probably going to both be out for a little bit again. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. Well... If we learn anything from Omega Okada, sometimes it's the time away that makes that that brings things special. You know, I think it was almost a year between Okada three and Okada four, and when that got announced, the the world went nuts. So if we have to wait a year for Balor O'Reilly three, I'll take it. Right. Just just don't just to make sure it's not on WrestleMania and it's destroyed, kind of like. <sighs> Nakamura Styles. Oh, don't remind me. (laughs) Anywho. (sighs) It was a great night. It was a great night at NXT. I don't really have any complaints. No. No, it was a good show top to bottom. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. They also did announce the next TakeOver. And, uh... 
I think they kind of missed an opportunity here, but it might also be for good reasons why they didn't name it this. It actually will be on Valentine's Day. So a lot of people were saying, oh, they could have called this, you know, Valentine's Day Massacre again. And I'm like, hmm, probably not the best timing for that name, but sure. But yeah, yeah. Vince, Vince is the king of timing. Like, <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. But this is NXT, and I think I think Triple H might be a little bit more on the ball when it comes to what's happening in the world <laughs> than uh, his father-in-law. So it's just NXT on Valentine's Day. They haven't named anything special yet. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it's go time. So I'm ready for that. <laughs> Damn, Valentine's Day is on a Sunday. Man, good thing, good thing. Scott, good thing you and I have dates for Valentine's Day. Well, you oh, probably oh. Might, but like no, 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 probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't we, you guys can keep us company. Maybe we'll do like a live <laughs> like thing or something and maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Just play all by myself in the background. <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> it's it's not possible, Sam. But you know what? If there's anything I love when it comes to pay per views, it is an NXT takeover. So absolutely, you want to talk about how can they top takeover? They find a way to top takeover the next takeover. <laughs> yeah, that's always going to be that's always going to be one. So shifting over right now to uh, USA. USA had a pretty solid card. There are definitely things we need to talk about. Yes. I, I think you mean TNT. What did I say? USA? Yes, TNT. Wow. Okay. I'm getting my channels mixed up. That's all right. It's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, night one of New Year's Smash. Um, pretty solid card lined up. You know, great. Some, you know, great. Great promos. Um, just just to note, and it was brought up. I don't know if you caught it. Um, Brody Lee's son, who they've named Negative One, cut a promo on Marco Stunt. I did, <laughs> and it was so, it was great. But it also it 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 also it hurt in like a good way. You know, it was just <laughs> yeah. Nope. So I haven't watched Dark, but I just thought it was very important to mention. Um, however, New Year's Smash kicked it off with, per usual, solid opening bout. Young Bucks and SCU taking on the Acclaimed in the Hybrid 2. It's good to see three of these tag teams who were like... I think three out of the four of these tag teams were teams that were initially signed who were like going to be like the foundation of the uh, division. Mm. The only other one I'd throw in there is like Best Friends. Yeah, and uh, the Lucha Brothers, but I know at SCU they go back to BTE. You know that's kind of where they started with, um, you know, the relationship with the Bucks, from my understanding, pre AEW, Hybrid Two, you know, in Helico and Jack Evans. I love watching these guys. I'm glad we're going to see them more on Dynamite. I agree. Could not be a lazy piece of shit and watch <clears throat> Dark, but I do not because <laughs> of time. So much time, Sam. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> Um, this match was fun overall. The acclaimed, you know, they're, they're not bad in the ring. Um, they're a work in progress. 
Yeah, they're a work in progress. Um, maybe the Bucks see some something in them. But you know, obviously Bucks and SCU go over. And we get a solid promo from SCU. Who now? And it's not Scorpio Sky, mind you. It's nope. SCU, Daniels, and Kazarian want a shot at the titles. And I also like the uh the little uh, caveat they threw in there is if they lose another straight-up tag team match, they're done as a team. So I know Daniels is 50. Yeah. And I think Kaz is in his mid-40s. So <clears throat> this might be the swan song for somebody. So I don't know. But uh, if that's the case, then rip to a fantastic theme song. Because, goddammit, I love that SCU team. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... Oh, I, I love SCU. They've always... And it's funny, because they start... If you remember, they started as a... Um, oh, what the hell was their tag team name in Ring of Honor they started as? Because I think... Or did they start an Impact? I think they were an Impact, and they started the team together. Yes. Um, I, I, I remember when they used to feud one another in Impact, and then they turned into a tag team, and then they were ridiculously great... And then they went to ROH, and they stayed the same. And I know what you're talking about with that name. It eludes me as well. Um, but, yeah, then they came to AEW, and they're still doing great things. So, Sorry, uh, the addiction. That That's what it was, the addiction. Yes. Because I think they'd come out. Um, I think um, Daniels would have, like, a general's coat on. Yes. And... Like Kazarian would be flipping the cameras off with his like finger covering like the uh, you know his hand covering his finger. Yep. And then obviously during that time, that was when um, that was when Daniels won the Ring of Honor title. Yep. You know, not to reminisce and think about the good times. Not that this isn't the good times, but um, great way to kick off Dynamite. Uh, following that, we had Moxley return um cut a cut a promo on kenny saying that kenny wasn't safe um it was it was just you know it was moxley coming out and just spilling his heart yep per usual you know just just uh, i don't want to say average moxley promo because moxley doesn't cut average promos he cuts great promos it was vintage moxley (laughs) yeah so i don't think it would I don't think it was anything where it was like planting seeds, but not th- like like more like he's picking the ground because he, yeah, he's gonna go after Kenny. He's he's pissed off at Kenny, but he's not. He doesn't really clarify what his motives are now. Nope. So Moxley's back, but also you want to talk about a match that was interesting. Um, I don't think it was bad. Thought it was cool to see these two guys go at it. Wardlow taking on Jake Hager. This was the definition of a Haas fight. Yes. Um, and I'm glad that Wardlow got the win because I think he, no offense to Jake Hager, has the most promise out of those two. So He's I'm young, glad. too. He's actually like a year or two older than me. Yeah, so he's going to be in this business for quite a while, so I'm glad that they were able to put him over. Yeah, no, same. And he had he actually did some good mic work afterwards. He did! He, he's, 
I had like another person I haven't really seen his work outside. I don't know how good his mic work is, but I was impressed. And I was like, all right, this guy can speak too. So this is this is good. Everything is good. But I also like I wanna uh go back to or jump to when you know Hager was in the back room and he's like throwing fists and he's pissed off and MJF comes out back and he's like, Hey man, you look great tonight. And Hager just chilled out. Fist bump. Thanks, man. And he's like, just go. Like, kind of like. Yeah. Like, so thanks for the pep talk, but let me get my anger out. Yeah. I, uh. MJF, do you think, get, trying to get in everyone's head? I think he's playing the long game here. Um, I do. I, I think that he's trying to get um, everybody on his side and, and be, like, the best of friends. And then I think this is where he will take Jericho out. I don't know how long this will go, but I feel that he's going that they're going to find a way to get Jericho out of the group. Who do you think goes first, Jericho or Sammy? I think they'll find a way to keep Sammy in. Um, if anything, I think besides Wardlow, I think Sammy might end up actually being MJF's biggest helper in the long run. Interesting. Interesting analysis, Scott. Um, now, New Year's Smash is a two-night event. Next week we have night two. Uh, Darby Allen is taking on Brian Cage for his TNT title. Which, by the way, the belt, which I think is really only a blue stri- uh It's now a black strap instead of a red. I really like it's, it's really nice. Hopping. Yeah. I think it's popping. Um, I think they've also changed like the, the faceplate as well. I think it's been updated a little bit or the color they changed the the color. Um, I don't know, I'd have to look at it again, but um yeah, it really pops, it really stands out. Um I actually really do like this one a lot better than the red strap one. Yeah, so we had that way in. Um, obviously, we had our little sting moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sting comes out. I know people are you know pissed off. Oh, you know, Sting's not doing anything. I'm like, he doesn't have to do anything right now. No. We don't know. That's the best part. Like, we don't know why he's here, really. Um, I know he wanted to be back in the jungle, but we don't know why he's helping out Cody, why he's helping out Darby. It's... It's a mystery, and I, and I like that. So, you know, part of the thing. I mean, you go back to the old days of let's we'll we'll, we'll talk about, you know, Hogan. You know, back in you know the first ten. We'll stick with WrestleMania here. Um, you know, some of the you know some of the stuff like between him and Macho Man or um, him and Andre. You know, they wouldn't lay a hand on each other. You know, that just, I think, it builds. It, yeah, I don't think pe- – I think there's a lot of people out there that don't realize that as much as you want them to fight right then and there, you know it can't happen. Right. It's not time. People do need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants their instant gratification, but you got to realize that sometimes slow burn is the best. Yeah, speaking of slow burns that we didn't need – Okay, this is, um, this was the, 
and I don't want to say the match was bad. I don't think it had to do with the match. Uh, so we had Cody taking on Matt Seidel. <laughs> um, with Snoop Dogg being Cody's manager or uh, coach on this one. Yeah, for the night, yeah. <laughs> Again, I have no problem with Snoop. I know they were trying to co-promote the Go Big Show, which is on... I'm not going to even... I was going to just say, that's on t- TBS, and it starts in this... Da, 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 da. Yeah, no, I'm not a spokesperson for them. But, <laughs> you know, obviously they're promoting it, and they're doing their thing. They they have their hands intertwined with TNT right now. Right. So the whole thing with Matt Seidel, you know, he... he it, I don't know if there's, like, some miscommunication or what, but there were a couple times where... Things looked awkward during the match. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, there were a few moves that Matt was trying to do that Cody was just either not there for or Matt really didn't set it up correctly. And Yeah, but, you know, with a side-out match, that's almost a given. Um, I've seen him do it a few times, even in AEW and outside of that, too, so... I don't know if he just moves too fast, and I, I don't know. It's just, like you said, the match wasn't bad. It was just, it, it happened. <laughs> but I think you know what I'm going to talk about here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear Lord. So then, who, oh, man, who came out? Oh, Serpentico came out, because Cody accidentally hit Serpentico during the match. And, you know, they come and they beat him up. And then Matt Seidel goes up. And I look at John at this point, And I'm like, John, wouldn't it be funny if he, Matt Seidel, recreates what he did during that Battle Royale? <laughs> like, not even to be a dick. It was like, wouldn't it be funny if he just did that? <sighs> Instead, um, good old Snoop, you know, decided it was his turn to go up. So he went up. He stood there for a while. Yeah. And the drop. Well, you know, I know he's not a trained professional, but it was one of those things where I was just, I like, I'm like sitting here, and I'm like, this could have been coordinated a little better. Yeah, I, I, I do believe Jericho called that out and said that they didn't need to move him forward. He's like a nine. What was he? What they call him nine foot piece of spaghetti or something? It was ridiculous. It was a great. It was a great shot. Um, but yeah, the the. The Snoop Splash, I believe they're calling it, wasn't exactly uh, a splash. Yeah, it was. Um, it was so bad that um, Snoop's cousin, uh, that most of us uh, happen to know by you know a different name, um, Sasha Banks, uh, basically called the out and said, "Yo, we got to work on this fam." <laughs> so I thought that was quite hysterical that. Sasha Banks using Sasha Banks's WWE account, commenting directly on AEW's post about Snoop Dogg. So that certainly got the internet on fire. Yeah, um, but it's nothing against you know nothing against Snoop. I just it was one of those things where it's like this is something that if you were planning this for a while, it probably should have been executed a little better. Yep. Yep. Um, but you know, another funny thing was you know. Cody, yeah, Cody, um, Jericho's over there. I fucking hate that guy. This, that, da, 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 da. Snoop goes over and gives him a big hug. Jericho's smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he walks away. He's like, yeah, I still hate that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Nice Jericho, real nice. Jericho is uh, Jericho is a uh, is, is is something else, man. We could talk about him all day too. <laughs> um, next, Abaddon got her shot at the uh, AEW Women's Title, taking on Hikaru Shida. I actually thought at one point that uh, Abaddon was going to get the belt. I know, me too. Um, unfortunately, that was not the case. I was, I, I find it comical, and it's nothing against nothing against her, but every time she would go to move and just scream, <laughs> I just couldn't. I, I just burst out laughing. I'm like, I'm like, you do you, but like, there's something humorous about what's going on right now. Yeah. Um. You know, Sheeta, I don't know what they're planning to do because it's <sighs> let's talk about something for a minute. Because this has been going on longer than this whole impact thing has been going on. It's been a lot of there's been more action with the NWA women's title than the AEW women's title. Yep. You know I don't know what's going on. And actually, I would have I would have been convinced months ago that something similar was happening with NWA. Right. And maybe there is. Maybe there is. I don't know. the The thing I gotta the, the one thing I do have to give AEW is you know people expect things to happen. Yep. Well, you sting. You know, WWE has a formula. After a pay per view, everyone shows up or big things happen. Okay. AEW is such a cock tease with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even FTR, I don't even they didn't even appear right after Revolution, if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't believe so. It was like two or three weeks later, they just appeared. Yeah. It was like Sting. You know, everyone was expecting Sting to show up after full gear. Nope. Right. Week after? Nope. Week after? Nope. Wasn't until winter's coming. Yep. And of course, no, I don't think, and maybe some people did. I would have never put two and two together that the winter is coming would have been a way to bring him in. Yeah, no. If you see any of the reaction videos, nobody saw that coming. And it was fantastic. That's that's one of those things where it's just like perfect. A perfect time to drop in, you know, a debut and it gets the crowd excited. So that's and them having the crowd, you know, part of a crowd back, it's nice to actually be able to hear, you know, people getting excited about something in wrestling. So, and not having noise be pumped in to a stadium. I just think, and I think we had this discussion before, there are some things in, re- I think one of my favorite things about wrestling is those surprise pops. Those, mm. surpri- those surprises that come out. The big one, and I watched it last night again, because I was watching a couple others. It was obviously when moxley showed up right and you know at double or nothing and i remember sitting there and the chills down your spine and you're like this is not this is real this is happening yeah. another yeah. one one of the first ones i remember experiencing that was very um and yeah we were i was there at mania for when you know the hardys returned which was exciting but people kind of had that hint um you know jericho appearing in new japan to take on kenny Right. You know, things that shake the world. The impact <clears throat> announcement. Yeah. You know, those are the things I think we need to see more of. Rather than, oh, so-and-so is here next week. Oh, why do yeah. you... Why? 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 Yeah. Why'd you do that? 
finally, Scott, we had a, we had another cool main event. You gotta remember, uh, Bullet Club leader on one network and another Bullet Club leader on the other network. Yep. You know, Kenny Omega defending his championship against Ray Phoenix. I think I might have said this to you or somebody else last night. Man, watching these two work, I think this is like the third match that they've had, at least, in AEW. I cannot take my eyes off the TV. It was so good. I have to probably say that this, for me, was probably the best AEW singles match that I've seen to date. Like, I popped so many times for different things in this match. It was just insane. <laughs> like, I want to find their AAA matches now. Right? Because they... You know, obviously they have to shorten things for television. But I have a feeling the AAA matches are just all... Uh, you know, it's kind of like if you were to have uh, Omega Okada on TV. You know, you're not going to be able to have a full 40-minute bout between the two. It's going to be cut down to 15, 20 minutes. Right. But, oh, I want to see these two in AAA. I need to find these matches, Scott. This was a lot of fun. This was awesome. This is, oh, this this is, oh, my God. I'm so excited, Scott. Because, <laughs> also, after that, and again, going back to surprises, and, you know, we've had Tony Khan going for weeks. No, once you have people, uh... Impact guys can show up. Yeah. Impact guys show up and nothing's happened. And yeah, it happened. You know, Kenny was out there and, you know, he defeated Ray. You know, and things got kind of ugly. But, you know, Gallus and Anderson came out and that was it. That was the one where I'm just like, yep. The excitement. And then I texted you, and I <laughs> I remember you're like, dude, I'm going to play video games. I go, yeah, but, you know, the five people that show up and do the two suite, you're like, what do you mean five? <laughs> I was like, uh? <laughs> You know, it was just. Yep. It was Plans a moment. Immediately changed. <laughs> you know. The and I'm so glad you did that, so thank you. <laughs> You know, when they came out and they're just doing the two sweet, and I know they technically, you know, they, they don't anymore, the whole cease and desist thing, which is funny because they re-released the show on Pro Wrestling Tees after Fantastic. that. Fantastic. It's exciting. It's a lot of, I just cannot, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what happens after Hard to Kill? Yeah. What do you, what, what's going on here? Like, what is, and it could be a long term, you know, and maybe this whole purchasing thing. You know, this isn't like WWE buying WCW. Right. Where they just like, oh, we're going to end the show, and then we're going to just have everyone on here, and uh, most of your contracts are unknown. You know, I look at it probably more as a company acquisition. If, if, if we're going this route, you know, my, comp- my, my, my job got acquired, and there are things that the, you know, they're doing things at a snail's pace. But when you deal with multi-million dollar companies that you're <clears> keeping, <throat> and you plan on helping grow your own company, you know, it right. takes time. So I don't know. I'm like, 2021 is like the year of the unknown. What happens, Scott? I know. It's it's exciting. And and I, I love the fact that 
we really don't know what's going to happen going into you know every upcoming week. So keeps you watching, and that's what that's what wrestling is supposed to do. It's supposed to keep telling great stories and keep you intrigued and interested. So I'd say uh, everybody's doing a great job at that. Speaking about stories that need to be told, I want to I want to bring this one up. This one, and actually, I have an update, Scott, because you and I talked about this prior. So there was a uh, news came out finally today, uh, early this week. Ring of Honor had parted ways with Marty Scurll. Yes. Um, you know, there's a, um, obviously it had to do with the whole, uh, accusations thing, even though there were no charges brought against him and Marty said that things were consensual, you know, things have been stagnant. Right. So I don't, so I saw an article and I sent it to you where New Japan or WWE was interested. And I believe the article that stated WWE was interested actually went back to last year when things happened. Right. Um, so as of right now, I don't know what his status is. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I know the, unfortunately, you know, AEW said they were not going to take him. Right. So it, I'm torn. It sucks because he had one of the coolest gimmicks. Yep. He had one of the coolest entrances, Scott. I got to experience that in, in, in person a couple of times. Nice. But um, I'm curious on what's going to happen. You know, maybe he goes the Joey Ryan route. Yeah. You know, Joey Ryan, I guess he's, you know, found God now. And, you know, he's a oh, God man. Um. <laughs> According to Instagram, you know, because I see what he does on Instagram, but. Anyways, Scott, it's only the beginning of January. We still have hard to kill. The rumbles around the corner, Scott. Heavy <sighs> breathing. Heavy breathing. I know. <gasps> I know. And then next month, we have NXT Takeover. We have Revolution. The 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 world's out of control, Scott. <laughs> the, the world, the wrestling world's out of control. Yeah. I cannot see what happens. <sighs> So, for those of you who don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. You can follow us on all of our social media, YouTube, you know, Facebook, Instagram, bedlam media. Find myself as the SOB official. Scott, did yours, uh, yours change now, right? It did, yes. I changed my Instagram and my Twitter to Scotty J Streams to go with Twitch. That I've slowly been bringing to life uh, my BCW universe. So I've uh, we've done two streams, uh, both of which are on YouTube. If you want to go find it, uh, just search Bedlam Media on YouTube. You know we're on all of our stream platforms minus Pandora, guys. Twenty twenty one. We're going into this year hard, heavy, optimistic. We want guys. Just let's let's make it happen. Let's go all the way, full send. Please don't forget to follow us, listen to us, share us. But also, don't forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All Eighties Movies Podcast. I'm Bill, and I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. 
So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.